0: I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. All opinions and discussions on the podcast are purely individual experience, so please consult a doctor or medical professional for more information. Welcome to The Shake It Up Show, a podcast in partnership with Shake It Up Australia Foundation for Parkinson's Research, where we speak to people whose lives have been impacted by Parkinson's disease and hear their stories. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster, and most importantly, a proud Shake It Up Australia ambassador in support of my dad who lives with Parkinson's. I was was
1: listening to um, Billy Connolly the other day. And Billy's, of course one of the most famous people with the with the thing, the dreaded thing. and he was saying he was talking about depression and things like that. he said he just had to um almost take it head on you know and 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 fight the depression angle and he's had a lot all sorts of issues, but you know he's the same. he just gets on with things because yeah. it's all you can do. That yeah.
2: is all you can do. Well, normally we would start the podcast with an intro and then get into it, but I love that little bit about Billy Connolly, so I reckon we'll just open with that and I'll jump straight (laughs) into the intro now. We'll go a bit freeform, but...
1: uh, (laughs) Okay, no worries. Pardon my croaky throat to (laughs) case me.
2: That's okay. Um, So join me. Oh, I should actually check. Um, Dave or David, what would you prefer?
1: Either. It doesn't really matter. I get Dave, David, Coxie, you name it. So you you can call me anything you like, Amy, anything that rolls off the tongue. (laughs)
2: <laughs> All right, Um, my new good friend, we'll go with that. <laughs>
1: okay, no worries, it's
2: fine. <laughs> now my guest today is Dave David Coxy Cox, who is here to share his Parkinson's story, as well as tell us about his 42-kilometre walk to raise awareness and funds, which was back in 2021. And also, I want to hear about the study that uh, Dave's been a part of, which was a walking tall health study. So there's a bit to cover, but Ooh. welcome to the podcast, Dave. Thank you. And let's get into it. So, before we jump into all of that stuff, tell me about the world outside of Parkinson's. What is life for you?
1: Oh, gee, uh, the world outside of Parkinson's. Well, that's about uh, eleven or twelve years ago, because that's, that's how long I've had it for. Um, but the world outside of Parkinson's is pretty good. I've got a lovely family. Uh, I've, I've had a very good uh, and successful career, which I've now ended, thankfully, about four or five years ago. I took a medical retirement, so that was nice and. Uh, I removed the stress of work, I guess, from my life, which which worked out quite well. But um, you know, I, I'm I'm much traveled. Um, I love my golf, love my music, um, I love my art. As I said, I'm surrounded by lovely family. So life's very good, you know. actually, before Parkinson's and after Parkinson's, you know, it's it's changed since I got Parkinson's. You know, there are things that I can't do or do as well, but you know, life is still good. And I'm very, very lucky to have. You know, a particularly supportive family. So, yeah.
2: What was their career before you took that retirement a couple of years ago?
1: I was in the uh, the good old IT industry for about 35, 36 years. Crazy industry that it is, but it was very good to me. And uh, yeah, it's, that's changed a lot, obviously, technology world. But uh, I was never a technologist. Don't ever ask me to fix a computer. I was always a, I always sold the stuff. Sold right. The
2: <laughs> but still, even from that side. The changes in that thirty-five year period must have been just mind-boggling.
1: Oh look, at her, you know, just amazing changes. I, I often tell a story. There was when I first started as a young um, trainee sales guy with um, Hewlett Packard. Who you would have heard of that name, I'm sure, many, many years ago. They used to sell, you know, those little things you buy, those little scan discs that you plug into your, you know, your, your, your computer or whatever. And they they're about thirty terabytes of data for about you know ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, back in those days, uh, something like 40 megabytes of data, which is just like a nothing, would come in the form of a big washing machine type thing. It would cost you about 125000 bucks. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just amazing how things have changed. Yeah, yeah
2: to see the, I guess, like growth of technology, the accessibility of how, like how yes. everyone can access that stuff, whereas like you're saying, 10, 20 years ago, all of those things were so expensive.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I think the accessibility hit the nail on the head. I mean, these days we're trying to sort of, you know, work out ways to keep our kids off the technology, you know, rather than access the technology. So accessibility is a big, big topic in our household.
2: And the question of is it good or is it bad? But we're all in it now. So it's finding out, okay, how do we live with this reality that we've either fortunately or unfortunately created?
1: That's exactly right. Spot on. Well said. could have said it better myself.
2: Well, it's let us be here today having this conversation. So for now, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about when you first noticed some changes in you—the symptoms of Parkinson's. Yeah, well, that
1: came um, when I was. That came about when I was fifty. I think I was. Um, yeah, it was fifty. And Nicole, my wife, and I, and our daughter, who was very, very young at that stage, she was about four months old, and I was. We were in Rome, for Christmas, and. Um, I was carrying her around on, in one of those little pouches that you, you know, she's in the front saying hello to everybody as they walk past. So, sling. And um, I noticed when I was walking down the cobbly sort of streets of Rome that I was not very, not as sure footed as I once was. And I w- would also notice that when I looked to my right or to my left, a sort of cross around, I would just lose a little bit of balance. I wouldn't. You know, normally you would just sort of walk across the road and you'd flip your head left and right. No problem. You'd keep going straight ahead. You wouldn't lose your balance. But Mm -hmm. I just noticed a little loss of balance. So that was something that that was very, very early on. And then I didn't really think more about it for many years. It was about probably, I I was about 53 or 54. I would notice that when I went out for a run, I just started to notice I was getting tight in my thighs. And I was always a a pretty good runner. So um, that was very unusual. And then I would notice on, on, a say, a Friday afternoon, I'd come home after a week's work and I would sit down in my lovely armchair in my front room and I'd get on my iPad and I'd, I'd do all my follow-up emails and things like that from the week. And uh, I noticed that I would get very heavy in the shoulders. So, you know, I went to, to sort of my shoulders and it felt like I had about three or four house bricks on my shoulders, on my arms, and I just couldn't lift them up. So these were all a bit strange, uh, and uh, after a while, those sort of symptoms got just a little bit worse, <clears throat> and I went to my GP, went to a few specialists, went to a rheumatologist, went to a, I don't know all sorts of specialists, and no one thought it was Parkinson's at all. So because I didn't, I don't have the shake, mm-hmm. so I'm one of the you know the people who was fortunate enough, I guess, not to have that shake. And uh, anyway, I finally went, sat down on my own, and and rifled through a big list of possible causes, and I just you know, doctor Google. A very dangerous thing to do, and um, anyway, I did that, and I went through rheumatism, um, all these different diseases, and I thought, even MS. I tried; I thought maybe MS is something I've got because I've got a cousin who's got MS. No, none of the symptoms really, really sounded right, and I thought maybe it's Parkinson's. I don't know what maybe look at Parkinson's, and I didn't have the first symptom, which is the shake, but I had about the, about eight or nine of the next ten, and I thought. Oh, at least, smokes! This is a bit worrying. So, I trotted back off to the GP, a different GP, and sure enough, that GP said, mm, "I think you might have you may have Parkinson's." And I went off to a specialist, and the neurologist said straight away, "Yeah, you've got Parkinson's."
2: But that so really that came about, from you self diagnosing that.
1: Yes, it did. And, and many I've talked to many people with Parkinson's, but in my circumstances, who don't have the shake,
0: mm-hmm. who have
1: in fact done. A bit of self-diagnosing, yeah, they've been, or they've been misdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's a notoriously hard disease to diagnose accurately really, really early on. Um, I'm sure you've heard that before. But, uh, yes, I, I correctly diagnosed myself. And then it there's was, was, was a funny story. If you've got a couple of seconds, I'll tell it. My lovely wife said um, the previous week, she said to one of her friends just around the corner, and she said, "Oh, look, she, the friend asked, how's David?'" She said, "Oh, he's quite well. He's not too bad. I think he's a bit of a cold. He reckons he's got Parkinson's, but I think he's just got a bad cold, man flu, or something." Anyway, uh, I came back, came back that afternoon, and the said, "How are you?" And I said, i got Parkinson's," and she just about, she just about fell through the floor. Uh-huh. She was, she was mortified that she'd made a joke of it. But anyway, mm-hmm. it was quite funny. We laughed it off, and sure enough, <laughs> I did have it.
2: You got to laugh at something like that, don't you?
1: You do. It wasn't man flu. <laughs>
2: So when you found out it wasn't the dreaded man flu and it was, in fact, Parkinson's, how yeah. was that to get that information for you?
1: Oh, that was um, that was a big shock. I mean, I think initially, you know, it hits you and, and, well, actually it doesn't hit you hard for for a couple of weeks in my case. So I sat down and thought, oh, Parkinson's, that's not too bad. And then I started reading about it and thinking about it. And then it really hit me about a fortnight later. So, you know, like a sledgehammer. And I thought, cracky this is this is pretty big, you know, it's not just like having a cold. So I've got to start to think about how this is going to affect me and my life and my family, and that's when it really hit me, yeah. So a couple of weeks later when I'd had time to think about it and digest it.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there's a lot to process in that moment when you're, you're given that, and then you, like you said, do the research and it suddenly becomes a bit more of a reality, and then it's yeah. like, okay, what is this in practical terms for yourself, your family? Yeah. How was yeah. your wife when you were going through that?
1: Um, look, she was, I mean, she was fantastic. She's a very pragmatic, calm woman. So she took it all in a stride, Uh, but it's very difficult for her because she's had to uh, change her career and, you know, things have sort of flipped around, you know, so um, she's now retrained as a teacher and working uh, hard again. And, you know, so it affects all the family and it's tough for everybody. And she worries about that, but Mm -hmm. you never know. She just boxes on, Mm -hmm. but um, I sometimes think it's harder for the, harder for the support people around you than it is for you yourself. You know, I, I really do.
2: Well, there's I would say not wanting to make anyone's thing better or worse or harder or easier, but there are just realities and challenges to both sides of it. And perhaps the yeah. care role, sometimes they feel guilt or like they can't be the one to express that but I think on this podcast particularly we want to make sure it's like the carer role is a challenge and if you acknowledge that hopefully it ha- makes it easier to to do it because you have the support when you need it.
1: Yeah I agree with that I think it is, it is certainly a challenge and it's a role that should be acknowledged and yeah I, I agree with you yeah.
2: So when that all did happen what was then yeah. the plan was um, with the neurologist what did you decide there allied health services
1: um, I think at the time, um, I actually changed neurologists very early on, and I changed over to my, uh, uh, almost now a good friend, Professor Simon Lewis, He's a young Turk, and is very much a leader in the whole field, in this country and internationally, and Simon's always been fantastic, so he, he's always given me great pragmatic advice from day one, and, and he sorted out my drug regime, and that was the first thing, really getting that getting that whole sort of drug medication regime right for you. And, and I did that. And I was, look, for those first few years, I was, I was fantastic. As Simon used to say, you know, you're the poster boy for Parkinson's. You never know you had it. Uh, It's not quite the case now, but anyway, but no, he was fantastic. And that's where the focus was. And uh, I had access through him to all sorts of potential support, help and and what have you, which I didn't really need. Um, I've mostly handled the thing myself with my family, but, um, yeah, so that, that's—I don't know what else to say at this stage. Yeah,
2: no, 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 that's perfect. And so I guess then fast forward to now because that's around ten years ago. Are you saying so? Yes, yeah,
1: ten years, ten years, eleven years. This August, when I was diagnosed, since I was diagnosed.
2: And so, what are so, how are your symptoms at the moment? Treatment plan? Where are we at?
1: Yeah, all well, the, the drug regime has progressed. I, think I take more than I used to. that's yeah. for sure. Um, and just in the last year. It started. I've started to notice the side effects of the drugs more. Okay. So once you start increasing those doses, you know the side effects become more pronounced um, and noticeable. And you know things like um, dystonia, which is that lovely cramping feeling in my feet, which I occasionally get, or um, dyskinesia, which is like the, the Michael J. Fox—you know—moving around, sort of, uh, you know, uncontrollably. There's a bit of that, that goes on. Not a lot, not a lot, but just enough that I, you know, I notice it. Um, no, I notice um, my, particularly the thing that really drives me mad. Most of all is the balance thing. So, you know, just the loss of balance, which is very typical with Parkinson's. And in my case, you know, I um, I love to play golf, and <clears throat> you can't play golf very well if you lose your balance. So, yeah. I'm constantly trying to, you know, take manage my drugs so that I can stay sort of even even keel and keep my balance, or what have you. But that's the thing I think that really has knocked me because i've always been a quite a physical sporty sort of a person and when your balance starts to be affected you you lose you know it impacts your confidence your physical confidence and all that sort of stuff so trying to remain you know uh, confident and press ahead and all that sort of stuff with a loss of balance is very hard but you know it's got you got to just do your best so yeah that's that's the thing i've noticed the most yeah
2: and also I guess it's the ability to continue to pursue a passion of yours, which is your golf and having those things and physical outlets are so important. So if there's something that's starting to compromise that, of course it would be is super frustrating.
1: It's very frustrating and sort of confidence eroding. And and I think that's one thing that I've got to and I think a lot of people have got to try and manage is not let their phys- not let their confidence be eroded to such a point where you 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 know, you don't do anything and you sit on the couch because that's that's the, that's the death knell, right? You've got to keep moving with this rotten disease. Mm-hmm. You've got to keep mobile and, and moving and active. And and so, you know, losing your confidence is sort of counter that. Right? So,
2: yeah. yeah, it's a real challenge. But you sort of have to do it in the face of, your body almost encouraging you to not do it because like losing your balance, obviously that presents its own challenges, but yeah, you can see it's very understandable why you would become a bit like nervous or anxious about that kind of stuff. So it's so hard to then, despite all of that, still choose to push on. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's, that's very true. So that that is a big challenge in itself, but um, one, I think I'm up for at least currently I'm up for. Um,
2: Fabulous. And um, outside of the golf, are there other activities that you're participating in that you feel are particularly helpful for combating Parkinson's?
1: Yeah, look, I—I I mean, I'm very active. I do a lot of walking, um, just you know, sort of physical side of things. A lot of walking, um, a lot of golf, just anything that gets me outside and and being active. Yeah. And I think um, what I often say to people is, <clears throat> you know, the best thing to do is to stay socially engaged because if you're socially engaged you're out you you have to ipso facto be out talking to people you have to move go and catch a bus or go walking somewhere and um you've got to use the old gray mat you know when you're when you're engaged socially so being socially engaged having a lot of friends and and activities and lots of stuff i think is the the absolute key because it drives the rest Mm -hmm. and uh, you know it means i'm not sitting on the couch you know eroding away um so that's that to me is the absolute absolute key, and I've got you know a number of very good friends um, who are my age or a little bit younger, a little bit older. Uh, some retired, some not. Who I play golf with, go fishing with, go walking with. Um, you know, do do a range of things. So yeah, so I, I like to. That, that's what I try and do anyway. Yeah.
2: Oh, it sounds fabulous, and this walking is obviously something that you are passionate about and very good at. So tell me about walking. A marathon. You did that in 2021 well, for Parkinson's yeah, I, did, I did two big
1: walks. That's yeah. right. I did two big walks. We did a big walk in 2018, which might have slipped through the the cracks, but it was a walk from Sydney to Dubbo. So it was that was our first big walk, which was 425 kilometers oh. over 18 days from Sydney to Dubbo, and that was me and four other crazy idiots. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I've so buried was, the lead was, by talking about the forty-two and thinking that was big when there was four hundred and twenty-five kilometers as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that was our first crack at something like this, and it was um, that was a wonderful experience. And obviously, with Shake It Up, you know, it was a wonderful experience in the sense that we raised quite a bit of money. It was great, so that was that was fantastic. And then we stumped up, I think it was t- two thousand and twenty or twenty-one, mm-hmm. where we did the Sydney to to um, it was the Sydney to uh, sorry Bondi to Manly, and we sort of. Carved out our own route which was exactly a marathon and we did that in a day so that was a long way to walk in a day i've got to say so yeah it was it was fantastic another fantastic experience and a great sort of profile raising experience for for parkinson's and for shake it up as much as as much as a money raising thing yeah
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Getting the awareness out there for people even that might have Parkinson's and don't even know, like that's why raising money for research is incredible, but it's just having conversations and getting that awareness out there is just as important.
1: I think that's exactly right. If you listen to Clyde Campbell, he'll he'll often say exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So when you're saying "we," was this the same um, merry band of people out of <laughs> the walk, or who are these people that are supporting uh, your physical endeavours? It
1: was yes, it was some of the same ones. So when I did the big walk, that was with my son James, my very good friend David Hind, another very good friend Brad Floyd, and his lovely wife. So that was the five, uh, five of us, and then on the um the Bondi the Manly walk again my son James was there there was a couple of other people so it's a different crowd actually
2: yeah
1: uh, with the exception of James yeah yeah
2: so it's clear you've got a very strong community around you what do they mean to you
1: well you know they mean a hell of a lot actually I mean, I've got fantastic friends and and very supportive friends who've been friends so those friends I just mentioned have been friends for 40 50 years you know they they they're my long term Really good friends, and uh, they're the sort of friends you don't have to catch up with every week, but you know they're there, and uh, you know they'd be if, if you're in a battle, they'd be struck, they'd be right there by your side. So, and then well, a lot of them have had their own health challenges. So, one of my good friends who I did the walk with the dubbos had had cancer, as has another, as a, has another actually. So they've got their own challenges. It's not all it's not all about me. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they mean everything. You know, they're, they're just fantastic supports and uh and been very generous with their time and you know just oh, i can't say enough about some of those very good close friends and you know even the the wider circle of friends you know when i go down to the golf club there's about 40 or 50 blokes i've known for 30 or 40 years people i used to play cricket against or with or play football with and you know it, it's just fantastic how much support they they offer they often ask you about it how's it going how's your Parkinson's is going joke about have you fallen over again lately you know have you have <laughs> you, you fallen into the creek with your golf buggy, or what have you done? Uh. But, you know, there's there's lots of good banter as well as the, the very positive stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like you were saying before about getting out there and being social, like that is such a big part of it and keeping your world big and connected.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's that is the absolute key for me. It's the key. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now. I've got here that you also have been a part of a a walking study that's about trialling prototypes of a band that's worn above the ankles. Talk to me about what that is and how you experienced it.
1: Yeah, look, that's through my very good friend, Dr Matt Brody, who is um, with the University of New South Wales. and He's a a wonderful man Um, and I was approached by Matt through um, I think Vicky Miller at Shake It Up originally introduced me to Matt about four or five years ago and Matt is a very clever man and he focuses on um, trying to improve mobility and what have you for for people who who can't walk well etc and that sort of meant he zeroed in on, on Parkinson's about three or four years ago and he's invented some fantastic stuff um, physical stuff and also apps and what have you but I started testing out his walking bands about four years ago and they are just brilliant. So he's, he's got a long-term aim to, um, you know, to produce some of these inventions in a commercial way and make them available to the general public for people with Parkinson's, MS or others, other such diseases who can't walk very well. And, you know, I, it's, it's very hard to describe, but they have quite a, a profound impact. You know, when you walk with these things, it's, it's quite incredible. I don't know how they work but they work and um, he's really got something and uh, I wish him all the success in the world, um, having been his crash test dummy for about four years. So yeah, look, it's just, they're amazing actually. I can certainly walk a lot better with them, no doubt about it.
2: Is it, and maybe it's too hard to explain, but is it in terms of stability, in terms of muscles firing, pain relief, how do they assist you?
1: It's more the muscles firing and, and the coordination and the stability. So so basically it's a um, little device that 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 sends a pulse or buzz into your ankles or knees or wherever you're wearing, typically around the ankles, and that sort of somehow triggers the brain to move the leg. Oh, so, you know, a lot of people with Parkinson's will have difficulty actually setting off. So yep. from a standing start, they, they can't get going. And, you know, this certainly helps that, but it helps you a lot when you're actually walking along as well. Uh, to maintain a consistent gait and, and speed, and and th- therefore to maintain your balance, so it helps in a variety of ways. And you know the walking tall health stuff that, that Matt has done is is just fantastic. So I wish him every success. He's a great guy and a brilliant man. Yeah,
2: that sounds fabulous. I mean, my brain's going crazy. Going, no, both my mum and dad would benefit from this. So is it you're saying he's trying to get into commercial space? Is this something that people can access or unless you're in the study, you can't, or perhaps well, you don't think, even know.
1: <laughs> no, no, I do have a reasonable idea. I'm pretty close to it all. So he's actually got a bunch of physical devices, which aren't yet commercially available, which are still in sort of beta alpha and beta test mode, which is what I've been doing. Yeah. And um, and then he's got a bunch of, of apps, you know, for your iPhone and what have you, which Go along with that, which complement that. So they're like, you know, mobility applications, and what have you, and they're available today. So you can get on and download those, and they're they're freeware. But the actual devices, which I think is the big, big thing, um, are not yet commercially available. But uh, you know, you would be absolutely welcome to talk to Matt. Contact Matt, and and he would he would welcome another person to test his gear. So happy to, very happy to mention it to Matt, if you like, um, or I'll give his pass on your on the details to you, Amy. So.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely he sounds like someone that we need to get on the um, podcast as a follow-up to this because obviously it's personally interesting but there will be people listening that it's also potentially very relevant yeah. to as well
1: yeah for sure look he's a he's a lovely man so yeah he's uh, very interesting to talk to and i would absolutely commend that to you yeah.
2: yeah oh fabulous all right well dave this has been amazing um are there any last sort of parting words that advice maybe for someone that's just got a parkinson's diagnosis you'd like to leave us with
1: well, look, I think i'm I'm probably not the best to give advice, but uh, I, I just think it's you know you've got to press ahead, be positive, as, be as positive as you can and surround yourself with good support people. and you know it sounds like a bit of a hackneyed sort of thing to say, but that's pretty much it. and uh, you know have a crack, have a go, stay active.
2: Not hack at all, it's tried and tested for a reason because it 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 works and is true. So thank you so much for your time and for sharing your Parkinson
0: story with us.
1: That's a pleasure, Amy. It was lovely to meet you.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. Shake It Up Australia funds groundbreaking Australian research that aims to slow, stop and cure Parkinson's disease. And they need your help. To support Shake It Up's vision of a world without Parkinson's, head to shakeitup.org.au forward slash podcast. Together, we can find a cure.